Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson, and today we're talking with Noah Oldham, largely about pastoral fitness. Uh, Not fitness for ministry, although that's really important too, uh, but pastors and physical fitness. Noah is the lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and a Sin City missionary with the North American Mission Board. And we're pleased to have him with us to talk about his own fitness journey and share some wisdom on the need for ministers to pursue health in every area of life. Noah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jared. Yeah. Have you been well, brother? I've been well. Yeah, it's been a really, really good season. Yeah. What are the summers like for August Gate Church? Things slow down any? Well, they slow down uh, in a number of ways when it comes to uh, some of the people we have in town, just like any church, a lot of vacations happening. But there in South City, we have a lot of college students that are gone for the summer. So some of that shifts. But then we gear up having mission teams in to serve the city with us, as well as our kids' camps. So there's a a sense of busyness in a church plant, uh, just like in the established church with a lot of ministry happening in the summer with often less people to get it done. Yeah. Well, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and August Gate Church, just to kind of familiarize our our listeners with your ministry. Yeah. So I was a part of a team that planted August Gate Church in 2009 in South City, St. Louis. Um, I had gone to school, to college years before that, outside of St. Louis, in the St. Louis Metro East in Illinois, and just saw my generation, the 20s and 30s, becoming more and more de-churched and unchurched. And I got saved at the end of high school, and I was passionate about knowing the Lord, and the gospel was so relevant for my life, and I wanted everybody to know and love Jesus. And as I saw people walking away from the church, God birthed a passion in my heart to plant churches that would show my generation how relevant the gospel was and how beautiful Christ was and that they would love him the same way that that I was learning to love him as as I was embraced by his love. And so a handful of uh, friends and I, even in college, began to work toward that end. And that led us to, in 2009, my college roommate and best friend, Josh Jones, uh, and then a small team of people around us. We planted August Gate. And since then, God has been really good. We've been able to be a part of not only planting our first gathering, but planting two more since then in different parts of the St. Louis region, as well as being a part of either a sending church or a highly involved supporting church and six other church plants in the St. Louis region. Oh, wow. So we're, we're blessed to do that. And it's a part of our vision from the very beginning. August Gate is a play on words that means harvest the city of St. Louis. And by God's grace, he's allowed that vision uh, to be at least somewhat fulfilled at this point. Elaborate on that. August Gate, you said it, it refers to harvest? Yeah, so I grew up in a small farming community in southeastern Illinois, and every year during August, people begin to get ready for the fall harvest. They get the machinery ready. They get their, their schedules ready. I'd had classmates that would even start looking at taking school off to be able to help their dads in the field. And so so August points toward the harvest, and St. Louis is called the Gateway City. Uh, so you put those two themes together, August Gate, the play on words, that means Harvest St. Louis. Well, <laughs> I just want to commend you for having a cool church plant name that actually means something. Yeah, well, we, we really wanted to do that. We were planting during the era with all the cool, unique names. We wanted to make sure that we didn't end up on... Uh, somebody's uh, in somebody's book like yours or blog <laughs> or, or somebody talking about how silly those names were. So yeah, we well, sure we had a good 
I mean, I'm one to talk. I, I can make fun of it, but but my church plant in Nashville was called Element. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it's, it's kind of physician heal thyself sort of sort of a situation. That's right. That's right. Hey, brother. Okay, um, tell us about your fitness journey. W- was there some particular incident or experience that helped you turn the corner to pursuing better health, or was it just sort of a, a gradual epiphany? Hey, I, I'm getting older. I need to get in shape, kind of thing. Well, it was both, really. Uh, three years ago in January, my dad, who's now in his early 60s, he had a heart attack. Mm. And my dad is in really, really good shape. He refereed and umpired. He was running miles and miles every week, uh, participating in those sports. But he had a heart attack. And when he did, uh, his doctor said that what he found was that that we had high cholesterol in our family. So he had us all tested, my dad and, and all the boys. I have two other brothers. And, and as I got tested, I realized I had extremely high cholesterol just from genetics. Not only that, but my life through church planting over the last decade had become um, highly stressful, uh, more sedentary than I'd ever like to admit. And uh, I wasn't eating well, wasn't exercising, and I've had all kinds of excuses. And uh, I looked up, and at that season of life, I'm in my early 30s, and I'm in the worst shape of my adult life, not healthy, stressed out. And I knew that I needed to make a change. And so I started then with small changes, trying to eat a little bit better. Um, I started walking and got a Fitbit, and that worked for a while. I started to lose some weight. I got down about 25 pounds, and then I had a, an injury. I started running, had an injury in my lower back, and it set me back pretty far. In fact, I gained all the weight back, and I found myself uh, about this time last year uh, heavy again and hurt and really depressed about where I was at. And so last summer, this time last summer, I really began to pray and say, God, something's got to shift. And it was at that point, God began to put different resources in my life that pointed me on this journey. And a year later, I had borne a lot of really good fruit. Yeah. Well, why should more pastors care about this? Because my um, experience and my hunch would be, that um, more pastors are starting to care about this, but I don't know if that's a cultural thing or a spiritual discipline thing, but why should more pastors care than currently do? Well, you mentioned it just a second ago, talking about the church plant name, and you said, Physician, heal thyself. (laughs) And I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that pastors, uh, you know, we look at the biblical qualifications for an elder, and we are to be exemplary in all areas of life. That doesn't mean we all have to be uh, the most in-shape CrossFitters in our church. We have to be able to run marathons. But being above reproach, I believe, means that people need to be able to look at our life and see us pursuing discipline, pursuing godliness, pursuing um, right living in every area of life. And I know that it was just tough for me, too, is that um, not only exercise, but especially nutrition, especially eating, has been one of those nuanced things that as Christians, we, we don't really know how to approach. Scriptures talk, talk about so much about food in a good way, about feast and celebration and about worship to the Lord. And food has always been involved in celebrating and worshiping the Lord. Um, but that has led us to, in many ways, an unhealthy lifestyle, unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. And pastors fall into that a lot. Uh, our role is to be with people shepherding people. And so a lot of our conversations happen over $5 lattes that are that have more calories than uh, 
a meal should probably have. And we're eating a lot of a lot of meals with people and we're sitting down most of the day. And so our lifestyle is very sedentary and we are to be setting an example for people around us. And what we find out is we end up becoming more and more unhealthy, gaining weight, being stressed out, bearing the load of the weight of shepherding a flock. Before you know it, all of that aspect of life is out of whack. And uh, I have two brothers that are doctors. One of them is a medical doctor. And my medical doctor brother, he, he just talked about how he's convinced that he needs to be in good shape because he is sitting down with people. And one of the the largest things he sees people for are chronic illnesses that are preventable by lifestyle choices. So he's convinced as a doctor that he needs to be making lifestyle choices that promote good health for those he's going to be serving. He's taking his own advice. In the same way, if we get up and preach the gospel, we're counseling people. Um, you know, grace is not just walking away, uh, uh, walking in forgiveness and walking in um, freedom from our sin. It's it's the divine influence on the human heart that bears fruit in our lives. I believe that the grace of God will bear fruit in, in areas of discipline and freedom from those sins of um, of uh, not taking care of our bodies like we used to. Yeah, I also just think in terms of um, ministerial longevity and endurance in in the ministry. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, there's so many of us. Um, I'm out of pastoral ministry right now, but yeah, I just think for so many of us, we're living to some extent in the day. I mean, even just the burden of the of the task sort of you know keeps yeah. us in in that kind of mode. Just what we got to get done today or this week or what have you. And mm-hmm. it's very rare for pastors to think, at least with any kind of specificity or planning in terms of where I want to be 20 years from now, um, or, or even just providing for, you know, for their family, you know, what a gift to their wife and children it would be to, you know, by God's grace and, and discipline add, you know, years to their life, um, you know, to be around longer. Something that, you know, I remember my wife distinctly saying to me, um, I'd like you to be around for a long time, um, uh, in, yeah. in specific relation to my health. Um, I want to ask you about, um, some of the common excuses pastors make. Um, and by that, I don't mean, um, you know, necessarily that they would be silly excuses or, or, or paltry excuses. You mentioned, mm-hmm. um, y- your back injury. Um, so people may not think it, uh, by looking at me, but I was always a very skinny kid, um, it, it would take a lot of effort for me to put on weight. Um, and I think because of that, uh, I was really undisciplined about, about physical fitness. Of course, I, you know, when I was younger, I was a lot more active as well. Um, you know, my jobs were pretty active when I was younger. Uh, the weekends I would mm-hmm. play sports, pick up basketball and football and things. And then it's just, you know, I hit a certain age and the metabolism just drops. Uh, I injured my knee um, playing basketball um, when I was younger and re-exacerbated that injury a couple of years ago. Ironically, while I was trying to get in shape, while I was trying to run. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, I had, you know, the doctor and, and everything. And so now it's like, you know, I, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but, you know, some people have, you know, some legitimate um, concerns or reasons. What are some things that you would say – so first of all, what are some excuses that you hear often uh, from pastors in particular about why they don't take themselves um, or why they don't take care of themselves physically 
And what are some things that you would say or some advice you would give, particularly to, to those who would say things like, um, you know, I've got I've got back issues or knee problems or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think there are both good and bad excuses. I think one of the the worst excuses that we've got as pastors, especially, is we've kind of created this culture where we just don't talk about that aspect of our lives. We're not very vulnerable. I think men in general, uh, we live in a culture of sarcasm with one another. Something that at our church we really try to fight. One of our core values as a staff is a culture of honor. We're going to outdo one another, showing honor. We're going to encourage each other, not cut each other down. But I think among men, because of that, it comes from you know sports lifestyle and that sort of a thing that we're not vulnerable about our needs. And so instead of taking it seriously when we see ourselves getting out of shape, we make a joke about it. We start uh, bragging about um, how much weight we've gained or how much. Uh, how much food we can eat, and, and and we know on the inside that we need to do better, that, that this isn't good and isn't healthy in the long run, but we don't know how to fight it, and we don't know how to be vulnerable with one another to say, I need help, I need encouragement, and we're embarrassed, and so we just kind of give into that culture. So I watch a lot of guys just kind of make fun of themselves, mm. self-deprecating humor, and, and I know that on the inside they've got to be dying because I did a lot of that too. I, I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, so I just embraced it. I guess I'll just be, uh, I'll be a fat guy and I'll make fun of myself, but I have, it's, it's insecurity for me. But I think the big, what that really leads to and what that really stems from is the really big excuses. I talk with pastors. I mean, as I've lost um, 60 pounds from my heaviest and 50 in the last 12 months. And as I've done that, people have noticed. And I have lots of conversations with guys, sometimes in public, but a lot of times I get an email or a Facebook message in private and because people don't want to have this conversation in public, but they do want to have it. Yeah. And they feel like I'm a safe place to have it with. And a, a lot of guys, when it comes down to it, is they are not willing to give themselves the space and the resources to get healthy. They feel guilt at so many levels. Pastors are already some of the busiest people in the world. Their jobs are so stressful and they're so important. And they begin to look at the priorities they have every day in front of them. Most pastors, they they are, I can counsel another person. I can prepare another hour in my sermon. I can spend time with my wife and kids. I can visit another person in the hospital. I can care. I can pour out. I can pour out. Or I can take an hour each day to exercise and to, to uh, grow in my fitness plan do all those sorts of things. And what it comes down to is they choose somebody else every time because they've taught themselves that that is selflessness and that equals godliness. And I was caught in that for a long time too. And there's still weeks where I feel guilty about it with the time that I'm spending because it does take time to, to eat well and to exercise well. And I've had to cut some things out. I no longer take a breakfast meeting unless it starts at a certain time in the morning. And people are like, that's the only time I can meet today. So we'll have to meet another day because my morning time is sacred for me to be able to exercise and start my day well. And for a long time, I felt guilty. And I see so many pastors feeling that guilt. Mm. What would you say to those who, um, I mean, I guess advice, it's not an excuse in terms of, you know, some sort of injury or, or physical problem. Just, you know, really practically, what are some exercises or, or ways to start or things what did you do coming out of uh, your back injury yeah. to kind of ease yourself into the discipline? Yeah, well, there are two things that I had to do. First, I got a hold of a book, a book 
called Breaking the Stronghold of Food. I had to create a different relationship with food. I had to stop letting it be um, a, a comfort to me. Mm. I had to stop running to it after stressful days. I had to stop believing at the end of a long Sunday when I'd preached three times and been in three meetings alongside those sermons that I somehow deserved to gorge myself with food. I had to, to change my mind about food and, and see God's purpose for it in my life. And that book was instrumental. I've shared that with a lot of guys. Um, the second thing I needed to do is I needed to get help from an expert. I think fitness is a lot like, like health. We run to WebMD and we think we can figure we can figure out what's going on in our bodies and what we need, especially those of us who are athletes prior in life. Well, I know how to do this. And what we end up doing is we go into it too quick and we start doing things we did when we had 18-year-old bodies and we hurt ourselves yeah. because we take it too quick. We don't work on stabilization exercises and set a foundation for fitness. And so I had to find a trainer. And there was an amazing trainer in South Carolina named Greg Orahan started a ministry called Pastor Fit. It's pastorfit.com. And I saw a t-shirt. I was desperate. I was praying. And I saw a t-shirt on somebody on Facebook. <laughs> and I looked it up. And I emailed the website, uh, the email address that I found on the website. And I was told in my story. And I said I was desperate. And he had this group coaching that was getting started the next month. You paid a little bit of money, you got an exercise plan, a nutrition plan, and then you got in this uh, weekly group coaching for a couple months. Well, he called me up uh, right before we were about to start, and he said all the other pastors who said they were interested in the group coaching, um, all of them kind of fell away and didn't pay and, and aren't going to jump in. So I can send you your money back, or I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with you for a month for the same price. And I said, man, I, I don't want my money back. I need to invest this in myself. So I had to make that decision that I was worth the investment, that my health was worth the investment, that the benefits that would come with fitness were worth the investment. And uh, that's where I started. And I just submitted myself to him. I told him, Greg, I'm a really good Pharisee. So give me rules and I will follow every rule you give me. I'll eat what you tell me to eat and I'll move what you tell me to move. <laughs> and I'll do that. I'll do that well every day. I promise you I will. And, and I started to, and he walked with me and with a lot of grace and a couple months, man, all kinds of progress. I'd say pastors need to find uh, somebody they would look to as an expert and then listen to them and let them help them in the journey. Oh, that's really good. I also think just that, you know, the, uh, the fellowship or the camaraderie, the brotherhood that comes with it, the encouragement yeah. that, you know, can't probably be overstated. All right, let's take a coffee break and hear from our hosts at Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. Okay, we're back. We're speaking with Noah Oldham, lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and we're talking about physical fitness for pastors. 
All right, Noah, here's the uh, million-dollar question. How do, how do you do all of this? How do you take it seriously without becoming a weirdo? <laughs> I'm not actually sure that you can. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh, man, all right. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think that you're always going to have that. You're going to have that balance to work through. I've had to work through that because I want to share my journey with other people. With the, the onset of social media in all of our lives, we always have that question. How much do we share without oversharing? How much do we share without it being, it feel like we're, we're Jesus juking everybody or humble bragging. But what I have found is, as I share aspects of my fitness journey with other people, it has encouraged more people than it has discouraged, at least those who have vocalized to me. Yeah. They're really encouraged. Keep it up. This is helpful. I'm following you. But I think before it gets into the social media aspect, I think we have to look in our own lives and say, what is healthy? What is healthy for me when it comes to, to diet and exercise? Because I have to balance that as well. Um, I'm 35 years old, so I'm not in the, the athletic prime of my life. I'm not a 22-year-old that's approaching this. And so there are times when I'm challenged and want to take on a, a new challenge, like go do a 10 10K mud run or do some really elaborate CrossFit competition. And I've got to, I got to seek wisdom in, in my life from other people and say, this is something you think would be wise for me or not. I have to consider, will this hurt me and cause an injury that's going to push me back in my fitness journey months and months, if not years, and, and make wise decisions about that. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, if you have a, an expert in your life or other people in your life that can speak into that and help you, they're going to help shape that, just like you would say with any other decision. With many counselors, there's much wisdom. And so encouraging counselors in your life to, to speak into that. My wife is super helpful when it comes to me not being a weirdo. She's quick <laughs> to tell me, now you're, you're over the top right now. You need to chill out about that. You're taking this a little too seriously. And that helps me to, to really push it back, but also to think about the goals that you want. For me, it's all been about goals. What are my goals? them not being vain goals, but goals that ultimately glorify the Lord. And as you said earlier, give me longevity in ministry. And there came a point when I was hurt and I was completely out of shape that I couldn't play with my kids the way that I wanted to. We want to play baseball in the yard or do something in the driveway. And my back hurt too bad to even jog around the driveway and play basketball. And I knew that something had to change. So I want to get to those points. And if those are always my goals, then if I start to get off the rails a little bit, go a little too hard or take it a little too seriously, it becomes too much of my life. Then I need to reel it back in and say, what's my priority again? And, and get refocused on those things. Some guys are going to have some priorities to do more extreme sports type things and, and more power to them. Uh, but for me, it's been that. It's been keeping my eyes on those goals that are ultimately God-honoring and and feed into the ultimate purpose that God has for my life, being a good husband, being a good father, and helping make disciples wherever I go. And so I want to make sure that's my focus. Anything else that takes the attention off that will turn me into a, a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, I think seeing it obviously as a as a means to an end, not the end itself. You know, I certainly don't think yeah. you know. You know, I know some people have this sort of. Um, I don't know if it's some sort of emotional aversion. Well, you, you referred to earlier just the sort of self-deprecation we might have about being out of shape or what have you. And there are some who, you know, are sarcastic about the CrossFit culture and all that sort of thing. Uh, mainly, I think, sometimes out of, out of 
out of projection or or deflection. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I don't see the people who post about their workout routines or what have you as weirdos. It's more where it almost becomes the person's identity or or the religion, um, you know, and not and not following Christ or yeah. what have you, you know, and not yeah. an important facet of my life, but essentially this is my life. Uh-huh. So, you know, how would you know, because we are people of extremes, um, you know, for some to jump into this in order to get healthy um, is almost like the, there's a temptation of the pendulum swing all the way to the other end. So, how, you know, what are some warning signs? How would you know that you've gone from taking it seriously to, you know, this has become maybe a, a, a an idolatry issue? Yeah, I think anytime there's a level of, of privacy or we have to do it alone, mm. we, have, we have our separate life. And what's one of the things, one of the main reasons I don't belong to a gym, I, I do CrossFit type workouts in my garage is I know my temptations, I know my propensities, and I don't want to live a lifestyle apart from the rest of my normal life. I don't want to go to a gym and be a part of a community where I don't have I don't have the accountability, I don't have my wife involved, I don't have my my Christian um, community, my church involved with me. And I think that there's just a lot of opportunity for isolation in our fitness journeys if we don't have strong community around us, and it can it can become an idol. We can begin to have privacy. We begin to get our eyes all the time on articles and 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 blogs and videos, and we're really it does become everything we're striving for. And so I do my stuff at home. I talk about it all the time with my wife. I have friends, and, and one of the things I've this long I really sought to do is bring people along in this with me. And so a couple months into my journey, I got as many church planters in St. Louis that wanted to a part of a group coaching two-month session. And we had 11 guys working together, meeting week after week online, talking about their journeys. Now we have a, a private Facebook group where we're staying accountable together. So I, I think that accountability and transparency is huge in that. If anything, a you know, guy's technology, their phone, their computer, even their hobbies, if we isolate and then we keep those things private, behind closed doors, behind passwords, and the enemy can get a foothold and really turn that into an idol or turn it into an avenue for sin. I think keeping it out in the open is really, really helpful. And, and you know, married guys keeping their wife involved with it, uh, really helpful. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I also think just the, you know, the turning point from becoming healthy, becoming fit, and trying to achieve a certain look or um, you know, just the pure aesthetics of the thing, right? That could be sort of a, uh, a a turning point. I mean, obviously, you know, we all want to be more attractive to our spouse. We all, um, you know, want to look more presentable and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. you know, where Paul talks about it in Philippians about, you know, their God is their belly. Um, I think there's a couple of ways, mm-hmm. you know, to take that. There are some of us who, um, you know, our, our belly is our God in the sense of, you know, we – are gluttons and, you know, we're, um, we have an unhealthy or idolatrous relationship with food and, and that and comfort and laziness. Um, but for others, sometimes I, I think, you know, the pursuit of the washboard abs or the, um, you know, the well-toned mm-hmm. physique, even that can be a kind of, um, you know, belly is, yeah. your, is your God kind of thing. Um, all right. Well, you know, 
not to shift gears too much, but um, what does the next season of ministry look like for you? What are some things you're excited about, the future of August Gate, uh, personal ministry, and uh, and so on? Yeah. Yeah, so August Gate, we started our third gathering on Easter. We launched it in Granite City. And so now we have three gatherings. And my biggest joy uh, in my role is being able to, to work and serve and train up all of our leaders at those different gatherings and help to oversee the work that God is doing and train up preachers. I'm continuing in that role. And I'm excited for the next season and all that, that means for our church. Also here in St. Louis, we've got some, some churches that are getting ready to launch this fall. And it's been amazing to walk those guys through assessment and get them into the send network system being coached being trained being cared for excited to see god expand that but on a personal level uh, i'm in the middle of getting my certification to be a personal trainer oh wow uh, so my my journey is coming full circle working with greg at pastor fit uh, he and i just talked about me going through the the training to become certified so that I would be able to speak and serve pastors in this way um, with a little more expertise, not just speaking from my own journey and my own experience, but speaking from uh, from more of an, uh, an objective reality. And so um, I'll be finishing that here in a month and a half, two months, and I hope to be able to jump in and, and help pastors and planters pursue health and fitness to the glory of God. Yeah. Would that be largely a local thing, or would you be doing online coaching and that sort of thing also? Yeah, both. Okay. Um, my hope is it's going to serve in my role in my church as well as my role as a Sun City missionary with church planters. So I'll coach them at a, a whole new level, disciple at a whole new level. Because before I could talk about other things, but now I'll be able to talk about health and wellness as well. Uh, but yeah, I want to be available to be able to do some group coaching for guys across the country. In fact, I've been a part of a couple group coaching sessions now uh, with Greg, and one of them had a, a friend of mine that used to be in my church but has been deployed in Germany, and, and so he's on our call every week at midnight his time, <laughs> and I was just talking to him yesterday how his journey is going. So my hope is is to see this go to another level, because Jared, early on in my journey of church planting, uh, I would go to the conferences, and I would see the guys on stage, and what I kept hearing was, don't do it like me. Don't do it like me. Mm. And uh, they would say I'm burnout and, and my adrenaline, uh, my adrenal glands are all messed up. And, and I was fat and angry and, and on the verge of blowing up. Don't do it like me. Don't do it like me. But the fact that they were on that stage with that big church, being the person who's telling us don't do it like me, it, it made people like me. And I think it still does cause people like me to be like, yeah, but I'm the exception. I'll end up like you. I won't burn out. I'll get, maybe get to the verge of it, but I won't burn out. And so I can do it like you. And I want to be a guy and in my my role to not only tell guys don't do it like me, but instead, hey, here's a better way. And so from the beginning of God's church planning journeys, in the middle of a guy's tenure as a pastor, being able to come alongside and help them pursue um, health and wellness and fitness uh, in a way that's that's really going to give them the longevity they need. No, that's great. I mean, I mean, just the the proactive nature of that is so refreshing and and revolutionary um, t- to try to avoid being uh, a cautionary tale, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Hey, Noah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared. It's been a blessing. We've been speaking with Noah Oldham, lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis. I hope that you've been encouraged, as I've been, to better pursue whole life fitness as you journey into your next season of ministry. 
Noah is also a contributor to For the Church. You can find blog posts and video interviews with him at our website by going to For the Church online. That's at ftc.co, ftc.co. And as always, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, review us on iTunes, every little bit helps. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.